Today on KIOS at the Movies, I'm here with Patrick Kinney and Diana Martinez from Film Streams, and we're talking about the film Some Kind of Heaven. Hi, my name's Elaine. Hi, my name is Elaine. Hi, my name is Elaine. Elaine is our name. The village is like being on vacation every day. The Disney World for retirees. It is like going off to college. You come here to live. You don't come here to pass away. There is no place like this. This is Nirvana. I'm just saying, for me, it hasn't been the fantasy land that I thought it would be. For, you know, for reasons that are, some are true to my own self, you know? Oh, my god. <laughs> I think that when you live in the villages, you're acting the part. Surely, everybody's life is not perfect. Now that we're in the villages, Reggie's sense of reality has become even more out there. I came down here to meet a nice-looking lady with some money that I'd be not embarrassed to be seen on the street with. You need a handyman, don't you? I don't care. Who am I? You got the answer. No, I don't. They're in you. Who am I? Somebody found me out. I got in trouble with the law last night. You're charged with possession of cocaine. Who am I? You make me sick. I think I lose no matter what you do. If you want to avoid trouble, don't come here. There has to be more than just surviving. <laughs> it's a new awakening. This is the last hurrah. I'm about ready to call it quits. We have too much fun down here, you know? Some Kind of Heaven is a funny, beautiful, heartbreaking, and almost surreal look at what can only be described as a retirement city in Florida called The Villages. The film follows a handful of residents and an interloper as they try and live out their retirement dreams in a small town that's built to feel like you're on permanent vacation. But unfortunately, the real world has a way of rearing its ugly head in the form of health issues, loneliness, money issues, addiction, the law, and more. The film is about what it means to be part of a community, myth-making in this village that also reflects the myth-making of America in the age of Trump, and it does all of this while being hilariously weird with a very intentional cinematic language that harkens back to Errol Morris's Vernon, Florida, and I absolutely recommend anyone watch it. So with that, what did you guys think about Some Kind of Heaven? This is a movie that I really like. I would like to hear what our resident uh, doc skeptic uh, I did of, not like this movie. You did not. I had a feeling <laughs> this would not be a winner for you. I was actually really yeah. interested to hear because like, one of the things I loved so much about it is how cinematic the cinematography was specifically. Like It yeah. was done so intentionally, which you so rarely get in a documentary. So I was kind of curious to hear your thoughts about the film in general. The look of it is very stylish, I would say. like It's very like now- um, from everything from like the titles to um, the music choice to like how the like the compositions of the shots, it's just a very like contemporary feeling movie. Um, and I guess I should say I did see this at True False uh, in Columbia, Missouri, back in March 2020, uh, and the director was there, 
Um, and he's a very young man, almost insultingly young. I want to say like he was 24 presenting this movie. Yeah, it's really interesting because it, it it's so rarely that you see these like types of documentaries a lot, um, like short films and stuff on Vimeo that are made by younger people. And this seems totally. like this seems kind of like that generational shift from absolutely making short films and putting them on Vimeo and then having a feature film that actually has what for 2020 is a theatrical release. Very Vimeo. That's such that's totally it, Joshua. I thought it was refreshing in the sense that it reminds me of like an early Errol Morris type film that it is more stylized. It almost feels kind of surreal, which I know is also something that people criticize in Errol Morris, that he takes reality and makes it seem weird and surreal. So yeah. is that maybe what turned you off on this film, Diana? No. <laughs> <laughs> so like uh, Andre Tarkovsky, this director, had, had, had this saying that was like, if you want to know like what the point of art is, first we need to talk about like what the point of life is. Because like that's what art should do, right? To meet this end of like this is what life is about. And for me, like there's like context that's needed here that the director just glosses over, right? And if this film is about like this myth making that the villages has that we see through the lives of these people is clearly like not happening because the real life is still intruding onto these lives that they really to, wanted to be like the perfect retirement life. Like I need this context. Like I think it matters that like older people were moving to this place thinking that they could get away from the real world because it's a very specific type of person who thinks yeah. that. I think for me, I did get that context and maybe it was just because of where I'm at in my life right now and how I'm thinking about the world. But from the start of this movie, I assumed that this is a place where a specific type of person is moving to try to get away from what they think the real world is. Um, this whole town is based on a fake history. It's kind of an artificial view of like the American dream. And it kind of reminds me of even more specifically, you know, they call this like the Disneyland of retirement communities. But it also reminds me of the specific town that Disney built in florida and it was the idea of the suburbs in the first place like it's this idea of right. let's get away from the real world right which basically means like let's get away from people that are different than me let's get away from like viewing poverty let's get away from anything that's kind of scary or violent but then they move to this place and their problems follow them i mean you have um yeah. <laughs> you have this guy dennis who lives in a van and is just like prowling this city looking for a rich lady to take care of him, right? Um, yeah. And then you have uh, Reggie, who, you know, his wife is having to deal with like his degrading mental health. And then on top of that, his drug addiction um, that he's trying to self medicate with. And like these problems are creeping into this place that's supposed to be like a fantasy land. But. Um, and then I think of Donna, you know, she's one of the, the main women in this film. I think probably one of the most interesting characters. Um, but she is just so lonely and she doesn't know how to connect with these people. And it's supposed to be this place that's like fun and you can connect with people, but she's still so 
you know, reserved and she's at this like party with this like guy that she kind of likes and she's excited about. And then he's talking to other women and, and she just has this like heartbroken look on her face, you know, and she just doesn't know how to deal with. Yeah. Donna, Donna is going through like through a late in life adolescence. Exactly. She's Mm -hmm. newly single, uh, through, well, she's a, she's a new widow. Mm -hmm. Um, and she just has already not really felt she already feels out of place there because she's in like the minority of the people there who work full time still. Like most people are truly retired. Mm-hmm. So she has this outsider feeling mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, think I agree. I found her the most interesting one. She is. True. Yes. Like I kind of wish that the I film would was die about defending her. her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and there is that fact that like, yeah, I. I she's the only person you see that has still has to go somewhere every day and get out of her bubble and go be a person at work, you know, while everybody else is like going off the deep end on, <laughs> on these like, yeah, yeah. And I feel like it's what's happening with America though. Right. Like we're becoming so insular and becoming and like our men, like, and especially during the COVID times, like mental health is degrading and, and we're not taking care of ourselves and people are like sliding into like conspiracy thought and and there's no connection to any kind of like real history it's like a theme park i mean they have like they added age to the buildings so it looked like it wasn't all just new suburban development so they like have these fake brick brick facades and I mean, it is just exactly like going to a theme park and they're trying to have like Americana land. Because I mean, I think it's it's a very funny documentary, yeah. which uh, documentaries aren't very uh, aren't typically thought of as like comedies. And I think that there's like very serious things that happen in this. But that's an interesting thing about about it is that, a, you know, I laughed <laughs> pretty much throughout it. And the audience audience that I saw it with, like it got uh, it was like a crowd favorite. Yeah. Lots of laughs. And I especially think about Reggie because I think Reggie is that kind of character that throughout the film is like so strange, but then his like strangeness becomes scary and it becomes yeah, he's detached. A... And at first you're just like, oh, this guy's quirky and interesting. And then by the end of the film, you're like genuinely horrified for him and his wife and also kind of angry because he's so detached that like, it's just like these, and again, I go back to like, we just had this insurrection at the Capitol, right? And all these people are like posting pictures of themselves doing illegal things and feel so entitled to that. Like, and they're like, why would you arrest me for storming into this Capitol and breaking into people's offices and stealing their mail and stuff? Like, and Reggie being like, oh, yeah. I just had a little cocaine. On yeah. Me. And then Reggie's right, yeah. like sitting here in court, like, oh, like he's so entitled and so has he's this defending like, defending himself. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, I just had some cocaine. Like it was just some, and he the judge is like, "That's illegal." And then he's like, "I liked you, judge. Why are you being such a jerk to me?" And he's like, "You are the." And the judge is like, "You are the rudest person that I've ever had in this courtroom." And then Reggie <laughs> counters with, "But I think you have a shiny face." Yeah, he's so detached. It just reminds me of like the America yeah. that we're living in right now, and it's. I think Reggie's biggest problem is probably I don't know narcissism or something like that. I mean, yeah, like. Very similar to our our ex president who just left today, as we were recording. That has happened. Was there anything redeeming about it, Diana? <laughs> I don't. Or is this a total? This was a total total miss for you. I this was a total miss for me. I, I mean, I this is um you know a lot of things that I really don't like about movies. <laughs> 
like I don't is it supposed to be like heartwarming is this is this supposed to be funny like I didn't think it was that funny I think because within like the context that I'm watching it like I don't know I feel like I know who some of these people are and they're not funny like the things that they think and believe aren't funny to me yeah (laughs) and and so for me it's it's just like I, I don't know how can you responsibly kind of like make this documentary without alluding to some of that stuff you know, and, and I think like Donna, the the character that I found the most compelling, I think what was really interesting about her um, and her kind of journey throughout is like this like incredible loneliness that she felt. Well, which felt like there was something at stake in her story in a different way, um, in a kind of like existential way. And I wasn't quite sure like where this film was um, sitting. Like, is it? like asking these larger questions about like getting older and um you know like what is life or like what is your legacy or like what are your hopes for the future is this is it asking these existential questions about like loneliness and i don't know like i just couldn't quite figure out like what it was trying to say um you know as like a teacher like i would always tell my students like your paper has to answer that kind of like so what question and I think at the end of the day this kind of left me with like a like so what yeah and I guess um to counter that I mean I suppose like I do think that it has a lot of those things I mean I feel like it's a 3d portrait it's like it doesn't wrap up the end of your life as like this is a peaceful serene time where you're finally at rest and things make sense and your relationships are static and da 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 these people have extremely chaotic messy lives um and some of it is due to perhaps things that they have control over like there's just things that happen and also people are always going to be figuring things out they're always going to be getting into messes um i think it just kind of demystifies this idea, especially people, I think it's important that people who went uh, and spent a lot of money to resettle at this place have found that there is no simplicity at the end of life. There's no, um, it's still complex. Yeah, I think it does speak to the magical thinking that's kind of predominant these days, that it speaks to, like, you can't just leave and go escape your problems essentially like right. you're not going to get away from them by moving to some place that's promising a simpler life a, a return back to an america that actually never really existed for Definitely. most people and that you like just the fact that it's trying to look like an america of a certain time you know these people it's think, very telling yeah a lot of these people think they're going to be able to go there and just get away from maybe the America they lived at before. And that's just not possible because humans have flaws no matter where you live. And instead of having magical thinking, like how do we build communities that are built on, I don't know, like that are more sustainable, I guess, in a way. Um, And it's a very specific type of person. I mean, these are the people that were like, maybe more so part of me and Patrick's kind of maybe people that we know knew growing up, like growing up in like Texas and Nebraska. And there's like a big community of people that are these people 
I don't know. Oh, I can't sure. speak for Patrick really, but I, but definitely like where I grew up in Texas and in, in a smaller town, like these are the people that were my family that were like people that I grew up around that my grandpa was hanging out with and they cling on so heavily to a false sense of history. And this whole place is just the epitome of that false sense of history. It's the make America great again. That is just, and I guess I just come away from it as like a cautionary tale that no matter where you go, human problems are going to follow you there. Yeah. I think I agree with what you just said. I think you're making the film smarter than it is. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like I try really hard like not to not to um demand of a movie something it does not set out to do. But I think for a film that's trying to tell a story about um that like the dangers of like you know like pretending that you can get away from the real world, it's interesting to me that this film has left out the real world and the historical context with within which th- this little community exists. It's like maybe one of those films that they think will benefit from a Verte type view of Frederick Weissman type view of, oh, there's a great example, a movie that did this incredibly well, you know, in such a more powerful way was Frederick Weissman, Monrovia, Indiana. Yeah. And I, and I think maybe one of the reasons why I found Donna's story so compelling is because it felt like more open, like more universal. Mm. And I feel like Mm -hmm. the other characters are so specific that it's hard to extrapolate for me anyway, like a like a larger message about anything. I'm like, actually, this really seems to be like the message for these specific people's very specific lives. Um, you know, maybe not this, you know, bigger treatise on like getting older or mortality or um, aging or like whatever. Um yeah, I don't know. There was just something about it that I I, I don't wonder if it's actually just doing um, what it's, uh, it, you know, is trying to say that these characters can't do. Like it's actually just leaving out the real world. Mm. So you want more telling, less showing. No, I and want more you, showing. I just, specificity I don't know if these is were not the, the heart of narrative for you. I don't know if these were the subjects to tell, like, mm. like for me. Like, I think a documentary, there are certain characters, like I said, like, I think Donna's character is saying something kind of larger, but I don't know if the other characters lend themselves to, I don't know, this larger thesis of of what this film is doing. I thought that Donna was a good actress, too. Her yeah. monologue at the end, I thought I yeah. thought it was really good. Yeah. I know. I, I think I could have seen a whole film about her that tells, like, a broader story of aging like, and loneliness. I was really interested in the parts... Um, where they're interviewing Reggie's wife. Yeah. Yeah, she was pretty Like, I think too. that is interesting. Yeah. Like, what is it like to deal with someone like this? And well, that I mean, was heartbreaking think... to watch her deal with it because she's yeah. in a lot of pain watching him, especially whenever he gets arrested. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's part of it. It's like that's that complexity, those difficulties don't go away just because you move to a place like that or just because you reach a certain age. She's still heavily her husband's caretaker like he is still like there's like a definite Mm -hmm. not only is there a problem in their relationship but he's just he is not a mature person yeah despite the fact that he is a senior citizen yeah she they have just created this 
relationship where she bears the brunt of that mm. um, emotionally like the consequences weigh much more heavily on her mm-hmm. and she just has to take care of him like all the men and i just realizing all the men in this movie are like aging judd apatow characters they're all man babies oh, <laughs> yeah. oh god you know what maybe that's what would have fixed this story for me <laughs> or less men fewer men Fewer more, men, more always focus, fewer men. Yeah. More but, focus on the women, though. No, but I think um, a story is really made by its characters. And for me in a documentary, like their ability to be introspective, mm. um, even if it's like, you know, this wild alternate reality, but a kind of like justification for like why they are the way that they are. And I feel like with the Reggie like relationship in particular, like there are no stakes for me as a viewer with Reggie, like all the pathos is coming from his wife and like identifying with like how hard that must be because Reggie's like in a world of his own, right? So to me, that doesn't really make a very interesting character because there's no arc there for him. And it's like, I need characters as I would in a a narrative feature, like someone with like an arc or someone who is going to like grow or change somehow at the end of the film. And I don't know if the other... Um, two men that the director chose are those people for me. People should watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I do think that. Yeah, I think that. Regard, I do think that there are flaws with it, but I do think that it, it, is entertaining and really beautifully shot. And I mean, everything down from like the typography. Maybe there was too much focus on typography and cinematography. No, the typography was great at the beginning. <laughs> it was. It was gorgeous. The title was were really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I wrote, that was one of my notes. I was like, oh, I love the title cards. and <laughs> Yeah, much appreciated. Those with the pastel colors in the background. Ooh. And I yeah. love the choice Very of the nice. aspect ratio that he shot the film in too, which is a non-traditional yeah. kind of, you know, like. That actually bothered me. <laughs> nice. The four to three. I think it wouldn't have bothered me in a movie theater, but having to watch it on a modern TV or a laptop was not as great. But in a movie theater. I did not, I, I did. Didn't even notice it in the theater, to be honest with you. That's a good point. Yeah, because I think in a theater, if you don't use the whole screen, it's fine. Generally, you don't yeah. notice it because there's not bright black bars with light on it. Exactly. You know? um, but... We'll mask that for you. We'll do yeah. the, the masking right. Yeah, that too. You yeah. go to theaters. Exactly. But yeah. watching it on the laptop, you know, you have your lit screen and you just have these big black bars on the side. Um, I was just imagining watching it at a theater that had the curtains covering up part of the screen, you know, and it was like, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. With that, what do you guys think people should watch with some kind of heaven? So my recommendation, um, is a 2020 film. Again, don't remember if we've recommended this before. I'm so sorry. We should start keeping track. Maybe the spreadsheet. (laughs) We should keep the spreadsheet. Um, but it's a film that's uh, currently available on Netflix called Dick Johnson is Dead um, by the director Kirsten Johnson, uh, who is the daughter of the subject of the film. Uh, her father is um, dying and the uh, film is about him, but also about their relationship. Um, it's really good. And I think it. Yeah, I, I think that film does everything um, like in terms of tone, in terms of like the questions it's asking. I feel like it's really similar to some kind of heaven, um, but I think it's done a little bit more successfully. So Dick Johnson is dead. 
That's a that's a great suggestion. Uh, I really love Dick Johnson is Dead. Um, that is another movie that I saw at True False, which had a bit of a, a theme going with the uh, end of life stories. Um, so I'll recommend another one that I saw there called The Mole Agent. Uh, this is a film from... Um, so yeah, it's a Chilean movie. Uh, it is uh, set in a uh, old folks home. There is an elderly gentleman who's recently widowed who uh, takes this assignment to go infiltrate the old folks home because um, a PI who hires him to do this, uh, a family of a woman who lives there has hired the PI to see if she's being abused. Um, and it is a very warm, wonderful true life story. It's a documentary about this guy who goes into kind of be an amateur sleuth and ends up becoming quickly the most popular person in the old folks home. Um, it's just a wonderful movie that I, I think, yeah, I think it would pair well with this one. And uh, yeah, I do think it's better as well. <laughs> um, so I was going to say watch Vernon, Florida by Errol Morris or Monrovia, Indiana by Frederick Weisman, just because both of those places I think do a good job at showcasing like strange places. But I'm going to get a little bit more serious with my recommendation. It's a little less entertaining, but I think a movie about a place that is incredibly powerful, and it's the 1999 Chantal Ackerman documentary, who she is my favorite documentarian, like, hands down. One of my favorite filmmakers, but absolutely my favorite documentarian, and it's called Sued or South, yeah, by Chantal Ackerman, Ackerman, where she goes down to jasper texas um you know shortly after uh james bird jr he was a black man he was drugged behind a truck by two white supremacists um in jasper texas and chantal ackerman goes to make a film kind of making a story about this place where this happened and how it affected the residents there and the way she does this by it's very similar to what a Frederick Weissman does or something where it really is just little snippets of a place of many different people. And she never goes back and interviews somebody twice. It's telling the story just through many different people. And the last shot in this film is just one of the most powerful things I've seen in a, do a documentarian do. And, and I just love this movie. So um, yeah, I think everybody should see this film because it's really powerful. It has that stylized kind of documentary thing where it's like, you know, an art filmmaker making a documentary and it really shows, but in a way that's like very powerful and tells a really important story. Some Kind of Heaven is available on Film Streams at Home. For KIOS, I'm Joshua LeBure. For Film Streams, I'm Patrick Kinney. And for Film Streams, I'm Diana Martinez. Cool.